At Boar's Head, delicious is in the details, and you see that in their incredible selection of hummus flavors. Boar's Head hummus is expertly crafted to achieve the perfect balance of creamy texture and refined taste. You can taste those chickpeas, you can taste the tahini, you can taste a little bit of acidity. It's got it all. I especially love their roasted red pepper hummus made with fire-roasted peppers. You can even taste a little bit of that char. It's perfectly dippable. It's perfectly spreadable. This is the kind of thing you always want to have on hand in your refrigerator. Dip, scoop, spread, or smear boar's head hummus to your heart's content. Hummus so extraordinary, it can only be boar's head. Compromise elsewhere. Hey, Dan, my name is Bobby Walker from Gulf Shores, Alabama. My food resolution in 2022 is to eat more fish and seafood. I live on the Gulf Coast, but between being busy with life and hurricanes, I've had little time for fishing in the past year. So in 2022, if I'm eating more seafood, that means I've actually taken the time to relax and catch, clean, and cook more fish, crabs, and shrimp. Thanks, and Happy New Year. Hi, Dan. My name is Megan, and I live in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, My New Year's food resolution is to try out some recipes from my new cookbooks. My family cleaned out my grandparents' house, and my dad brought me some uh, promotional pamphlet cookbooks from various companies from the 50s and 60s. So think 60s cheese balls with uh, Cheerios on them. (laughs) And uh, my resolution for this year is to try out some of these crazy recipes. My name is Dale. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. For 2022, my goal is to eat more tofu next year. I just turned 70 and I realized I really perhaps need to do a little bit more with eating a little bit healthier, along with the fact I keep getting nudges from my crazy vegan pastor. So we'll see how this all goes. This is The Sporkful. It is not for foodies, it is for eaters. I'm Dan Pashman. You know that each week on our show, we obsess about food to learn more about people. That's what we do here, okay? And if I sound a little bit punchy, it's because I am. It's because this is our year-end spectacular episode, The Last Sporkful of 2021. I hope that wherever you are, that this finds you staying safe and healthy, spending time with friends and loved ones, and eating delicious food. Obviously, it's been quite a year here in Sporkland um, with Cascatelli and all that. Uh, I don't even know if you saw, I put it on social media. It was on the cover of Time Magazine, the pasta, uh, as one of the best inventions of 2021. So that's that was kind of bonkers. Um, so I just want to say thank you to all of you for supporting our show, for being so excited about the pasta. And I'm also just very grateful to the folks who make the Sporkful with me. This is a team effort. We got senior producer Emma Morgenstern, producer Andre O'Hara, our editor Tracy Samuelson, our engineer Jared O'Connell, our EPs Daisy Rosario and Peter Clowney. Thank you to everyone who makes this show a success. So, what are we doing here? It's our New Year's spectacular episode. I don't have a script. It's like you know, putting my feet up. It's end of the year, okay? Uh, but I do have a plan. There's a loose outline. Later in the show, I'll reveal to you my New Year's food resolution, the food that I resolve to eat more of in the new year. And we'll also share one of our favorite episodes from this year. But first, let's hear a few more of your New Year's food resolutions. This is Tiffany calling from Oakland, California. In 2022, I resolved to eat and make more Spam Masubi. Whenever someone brings it to a potluck, that is the first thing I put on my plate. Not only will I read up on its origin, I'm going to learn how to make it myself too. And try it in different ways. Breakfast Masubi with eggs and cheese, kimchi masubi, deep fried masubi. The possibilities are endless and my taste buds couldn't be more excited. My name is Sarah. I'm from Bloomington, Indiana. 
My New Year's food resolution is to eat more food made with my daughter. I have a two-year-old daughter who loves to be by my side and she just, she loves cooking with me and it's so fun to share that with her. This Thanksgiving, I spent a lot of time cooking with my mom and I realized how important that kitchen time with my mom has been throughout my life and how much I cherish it still. And I hope that I can continue to share that with my daughter. Hello, Sporkful team. This is Nathan from Hickory, North Carolina. And my resolution is to eat more mushrooms. I was always that guy who grew up hating them because they were just little slivers of slimy somethings on salads or pizzas. But I found this wonderful mushroom guy. He's at our local farmer's market. He convinced me to try him, and I'm a convert. And I just want to keep on exploring this entire new kingdom of life that I have not eaten before. My name is Don Bacon, and I'm from Ukraine. In 2022, I'm gonna eat more. Um, you prob probably already guessed bacon, yeah. Cause, um, well, could there be too much bacon? I don't think so. Furthermore, I'm currently in the weight gain process, so I'm really trying to focus on eating more, eating better, and of course, eating more better bacon. Lots of good ones in there. I also just love hearing where you're sending messages from. I love knowing that we're connecting with people all over from Alabama to Wisconsin to Ukraine. So thanks, everyone. We'll have more of your resolutions and mine coming up later in the show. But now it's time for another one of our traditions here on The Sporkful for a year-end episode. And that is that the team and I kind of sit down. We pick an episode to repeat. and We have certain criteria for how we pick this episode. First, it can't be from the last couple months, it has to be from earlier in the year. And then beyond that, it has to be an episode that we, the folks who make the Sporkful, really love. So Emma, Andres, Jared, and Tracy and I in particular, we really like this episode, but it wasn't one that got the most attention, so it's not gonna be like a pasta episode, okay? It's one that we really liked, but we felt like maybe, I don't know, maybe you, maybe you all were busy that week. It didn't quite get the response that we wanted it to get. And so we say, let's, let's play it again. Maybe folks missed it the first time around. This one was a lot of fun to put together. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna set it up at all. I'm just gonna click play, but I think you're gonna like it. And we'll be back with more New Year's food resolutions later in the show. All right, here you go. That is a thing you share with my mom. Um, it's like a great pro tip that you should compare your date to your mom on a first date, right? Um, <laughs> Especially as like a gay man. <laughs> right, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> months ago, we put out the call for Sporkful listeners looking for love. The idea? We'd set up some couples and send them on blind Zoom dates. More than 300 of you responded to our call from all over the world. Then we got to matchmaking. Now, the dating apps all brag about their process. They use complex algorithms to match you on dozens of criteria. We basically did the opposite of that. We matched people based on where they live and what genders and ages they're looking to date. Well, that and the fact that we know they're Sporkful fans. After talking to dozens of potential daters, we narrowed it down to the two dates you'll hear today. We were curious, could listening to The Sporkful be the spark that ignites a grease fire of passion for two eaters? Could The Sporkful be the fertile soil out of which true love grows like a voluptuous head of cabbage? And most important, in a year or two or three, will I finally be able to officiate my first Sporkful wedding? Before I get too far ahead of myself, let's go over our ground rules. All the dates were on Zoom because of COVID, but we still asked our daters to order from the same restaurant so they could have that shared food experience. We paired people who live nearby so that if the date's a success, they can hang out in person if they choose. 
Before the dates, we had each person record a voice message for the other person to hear. No photos were exchanged in advance. Okay, that music means it's time to hear those pre-date messages from our first couple, Sloan and Brian. I'm Sloan. I am 28 years old. I live in Redondo Beach, California. I am a model, an actress, and a personal trainer. So, uh, yeah, my whole life is focused around sports and fitness. Hello, Sportful. My legal name is Brian, but friends call me Panda, among other expletives, depending on how drunk they happen to be. I'm 28. Uh, I live in Buena Park, California, which is smack dab between L.A. and Orange County. San Diego, I'm sorry you only exist to me during Comic-Con. I am a 3D character artist by trade and career. I actually played baseball in college, like on the men's team. Uh, I was the first female to play baseball at my high school and my university. Uh, A little bit more about myself. I have been playing bagpipes, Scottish Island bagpipes, cumulatively for six years. Just got my kilt, actually, in uh, Glasgow from McGregor and McDuff. I've been doing stand-up comedy for roughly two years. For a time, I was performing sets out of my car window at random people on the L.A. street. Uh, I dance a lot. And definitely being a foodie around uh, this whole area in L.A. and Orange County. I'm looking for a best friend. I'm looking for someone that wants to travel the world with me and eat their way through the world. Uh, Someone that is extremely active. I am extremely active. Among my many nicknames, I'm known as the Energizer Bunny. I'm looking for someone who's proactive, independent, accurately witty, or someone who you know, doesn't just have a sense of humor, but is actually attempting to make funny. Um, and someone who is intimidating, hopefully. I am excited to get a free dinner date from the Sporkful. I love you guys. So yeah, right on. Uh, cheers, guys. Let's see, I, I mean, I'm excited on, uh, just to check out what's going to happen with the Sporkful date. Anything could happen, frankly. Thank you so much. And uh, signing off. So, Brian and Sloan are the same age. They're both outgoing. They seem to have big personalities. Will it be a match? Time to find out. You're going to hear clips from the date, which is just Brian and Sloan without me there. And you'll hear the confessionals where I recapped with each of them separately. All right, let's start the date. Hi, Brian. Nice to meet you, Sloan. Oh, my gosh. Nice to meet you. This is so crazy. But um, did you get sugar fish, too? The first thought I have when Brian comes on is uh, the sushi smells really good and I just really want to start eating, if I'm totally honest. She likes wine because there's a display of, like, wine, which to me reminded me of um, old frat houses I've been to uh, where, you know, they'll stack beer cans. Do you find Sloane attractive? Yeah. His personality to me was very attractive. I I thought he was really easy to talk to. Very open, confident. I like that about him. But not initially, not physically what I would, I wouldn't immediately be like, ooh, I want to sleep with that guy. If, if I may call them self-doubts or insecurities, they don't hit me as hard as it seems for other people. Like, I think I make the assumption that I'm not attractive, but I know I'm so good at these other things that, like, I'm good to go, um, what you're telling me is anything you may lack in looks you think you can make up for in charm. Charm, talent abilities, like Lord knows. <laughs> uh, there's there's an unreasonable amount of confidence in knowing who I am already and being able to lean in on those strengths to hold my own in most situations. Like throw me to the Met Gala and I'll, be, I'll have a great time. 
This isn't the Met Gala, so we'll only get to see how Brian fares on a Zoom dinner date over takeout sushi. Sloan suggested they both order from Sugarfish, the small chain of sushi spots in L.A. and New York. They do omakase-style sushi, so you can order a box that comes with all different types of raw fish and accompanying sauces. So I had a lot of friends that had posted that, like, this is their new, like, pandemic date night and, like, oh, how good it is. So I was like, this could work. And I feel like it's a good conversation starter, like, all the different types that we had. It was good. I liked it. Brian had some negative thoughts. I'm so excited for this. Are, have you ever had sugarfish? I've had it once. Um, I have admittedly avoided it for most no! of my existence. Why? 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 Tell me. I recognize that it, they were trying to position themselves, and correct me if I'm wrong, if to be like a mid-scale but still high-quality sushi place, like a place you can jump in like on a Wednesday night with friends. Right. Okay. Um, okay. And why it, is that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing, but after watching. Um, Jiro dreams of sushi. There was this oh. mental switch that kicked in. I'm like, if I'm gonna eat sushi, I'm gonna wait till I can splurge for it at specific locations instead of this chain sushi restaurant, which I'm assuming is doing a great job, but um, I have admittedly higher priorities. I've never had it before, but so far the edamame is like pretty good. So when he said that, I was like, oh, like, I thought this was a good choice for, like, a sushi date. But he warmed up to it. And I think he realized that I thought it, this was, like, fun to do. So he, I feel like, was a little bit more forgiving towards me. Uh, the sugarfish caught me off guard because, I mean, in a city with so much diverse food and not just that, but, like, individual chefs and art artistic chefs who are so hell-bent on their visions, like there are other opportunities to find better sushi or more, like more story-filled sushi than Sugarfish. Uh, but at the same time, it's not to say, like she's not the only one that has stated that she likes Sugarfish. And it probably speaks more to my hoity-toitiness on that front <laughs> as a foodie. Brian and Sloan both grew up in the LA area. And early in the date, they realized that Sloan played baseball near where Brian lived. They bond over the sandwiches from Lee's, which was a local shop when they were growing up, but has now gone nationwide. They continue to chat about food, swapping stories of some of their favorite meals in recent years. My digging into L.A., um, well, there's that one time I accidentally pissed off, pissed off Roy Choi on New Year's Day. And uh, <laughs> this long wow. conversation I had with this uh, April Jackson over at Three Little Birds over in London. Oh, wow. So, I actually lived in London. So... When it comes to name dropping, I could have easily like turned it back on him. It's not, I wasn't impressed. I've worked with Megan Rapinoe and LeBron James. So that's cool though. Can Roy Choi come make us dinner? Cause that'll, <laughs> that'll really turn me on. <laughs> <laughs> so where is your favorite food destination? Apart from LA just because we're very privileged here. <laughs> is it really? LA is really your favorite? It's so not my favorite. I'm seventh generation Angelino, interestingly okay. enough. So wow, like, okay. I know. Like, I'm still married to this idea of like tacos, sweat, and gasoline with LA, but this, I think most of my interests presently are pushing into stuff that are as much, I would think is more obscure. Like, um, I, I know there's a big push on the Filipino food. I think that... The problem with the LA food scene, there always has to be something amplified, like a gastronomic 
foam that's been infused with lavender and put on top of this piece of sashimi. And you're just like, okay, so like it's foam on fish. The thing that turns you off about food in LA essentially is when it feels like it's trying too hard. Exactly. Which also seems to be the issue you're running into with Brian. Dan, are you my new therapist? (laughs) Can we do this once a week? Sure, my rates are very reasonable. Huh. This is an interesting connection you're making. I guess you're right. I think, yeah, the L.A. food scene tries too hard and maybe in a lot, in some ways, no offense to Brian, again, great guy. But I think you're right. There were a lot of moments where it was just kind of like, I just don't care. If you can see behind me, uh, me and my mom backpacked through Italy for a month last October and pretty much ate and drank our way through all of Italy. So I've done a lot of eating. Yeah, I know. It was pretty epic. Um, I've done a lot of eating. Uh, She clearly has adventured and eaten her way through the world in a remarkably different way from me. I mean, her conversation about her trips through Italy and other Western European countries, like those are narratives I've heard before from other friends. Um, and I'm only saying that in contrast against me, which uh, like my immediate travel plan or relatively immediate travel plans before quarantine hit was to go to Kenya or Nigeria to get a handle on Afrobeat dance there. And also eat my way through, you know, whatever jollof rice happens to mean back in that country, among other things. But that's from what I would assume is a, f- a fundamentally different perception of what uh, people my age would prioritize as travel. You felt like the the choice of sugar fish was a little bit like kind of middle of the road, not that interesting to you compared to other types of sushi. And then also kind of similar thing with the travel and places she's gone versus where you would be interested in going is that it felt a little bit kind of um, middle of the road. Right, as a first instinct. But I would want to still qualify by saying it, I am probably underserving and underestimating the possibilities and adventures that those locations provide. Sloan talks about her trip to Italy with her mom for several more minutes until... Okay, I'll keep the story short because I feel like it's going on and on. It it has been, but I I like listening. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And then finished in Rome. In that statement, I didn't see it as flirty. I just thought of it as like really thoughtful. Brian, when you said, yeah, the story has been going on for a while, but I like listening. Was that flirting? Is that what you were going for? Deliberately, yes. I have yet to admit that most of the time I'm going out of my way to make sure the other person's um, being listened, like by me. In my limited emotional intelligence, I know that I'm like a selfish person. I'm very good about uh, pontificating myself and having a large ego. I need to make the effort on my end to make sure the other person's heard, that they get the space, because I know I can steamroll very quickly and I can be verbose, as you've seen throughout this conversation. Mexican spicy, I would describe as it like just hurts you, like, and then Korean spicy tends to be like a BDSM, like they'll slap you, but there's like a little sugar at the end. It's a little aftercare at least. Okay. So then getting to Spanish food. So um, I'm Korean American, uh, but at least for Korean food, like it feels like a genuine, to me, a description of what Korean culture is to some degree, where there is this intensity of emotion and anger. And I would hope that framing it in like a BDSM, but there is a sweetness at the end is indicative of not just Korean food, but how the people I ethnically identify with are coming from. Sloan, what did you think of Brian's BDSM joke comparing Korean food to BDSM? I did not hear that. Oh, he okay. said that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I missed that completely. <laughs> I'm glad I did. <laughs> the 
that's a pretty big statement for a first date. Yeah, that's a big step for the first time meeting someone. So, are Sloan and Brian a match? Will they choose to see each other again? Later in the show, we'll hear the final moments of their date and get answers to those questions. But before that, we'll go on a date with couple number two. And we'll hear more of your New Year's food resolutions and mine. Stick around. Hope you're hungry because it's time for some ads. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, a business tripper, or a long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. They've got over 7,000 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels, and you will get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. I especially love those Cambria Hotels. They have locally inspired hotel bars with all kinds of specialty cocktails, downtown locations right in the center of all the action. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces. That way, if you're a business traveler, you'll be able to get all your work done. On-site restaurants, fantastic. And then at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles and great pools for the whole family and spacious rooms. I mean, if you have kids, you understand the importance of the pool. If you stay at a hotel with a pool, Almost nothing else matters. Fortunately, all the Choice Hotels take care of all the other stuff too, but I mean, a pool is a great start. Whatever kind of vacation you're going on, whatever kind of travel you're doing, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. The weather's warming up. Have you nailed down your summer travel plans yet? I can tell you, we're working on ours and things are booking up, which is why you should be thinking about Norwegian Cruise Line. They have been raising the standards of cruising for more than 55 years. Let me tell you, when you cruise with NCL, you get award-winning specialty restaurants, immersive entertainment, and the most thrilling experiences at sea. Now, look, one of the great things about cruises in general is that you can visit and explore all kinds of different destinations, all with the ease of unpacking your bag just once. But Norwegian Cruise Line... They take cruising to another level and they take food to another level. With no set dining and entertainment times and no formal dress codes, you have the flexibility to design your ideal vacation. They have an incredible variety of truly authentic and fresh dining and bar experiences complemented by exceptional service. Listen to this. There are up to eight complimentary and nine specialty dining options per ship and up to 23 bar and lounge options. Come see why NCL's guest first philosophy means exceptional service and unforgettable memories. Book your next vacation at ncl.com. A few years back, my friend Justin Warner from Food Network moved out to South Dakota. He opened a ramen joint, and he is always posting pictures of all the great food he's not only cooking, but eating all over South Dakota. He's always telling me to come visit. And you know, one of the best ways to experience a new place is to eat your way through it. But it's equally important to live your way through it, too. And when you summer in South Dakota, you can fill up on all the lake days, hikes, rides, and small-town strolls that'll leave you with a regained sense of wonder and a hunger to do it all over again. See why there's so much South Dakota, so little time at Travel South Dakota. Are you ready for warmer weather? I know I am. But is your wardrobe ready? I just stocked up on spring and summer clothing at Quince. And let me tell you something. I'm feeling great about everything I got. I got a couple of short sleeve button down shirts, polo shirt, some shorts. Everything feels great. It's super high quality. And I can't believe how much stuff I got at a reasonable price. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? 
all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Whatever you need for the spring and summer, Quince has your back. Upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash sporkful for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sporkful to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash sporkful. Welcome back to The Sporkful. I'm Dan Pashman. And hey, you know, I mentioned earlier that we have a great team who makes The Sporkful here. And if you want to connect with all of us a little bit more, subscribe to our newsletter because every week we send out a newsletter and we tell you what everyone who works on The Sporkful is eating and reading. So it's a good way to connect with culture, get some ideas about what to make for dinner or just what to go out and buy. Um, It's fun. Subscribe to the newsletter at sporkful.com slash newsletter. Now, before we get back to our dates, let's hear a few more of your New Year's food resolutions. My name is Kyle, and I live in Huntington, Indiana. This year, my wife and I opened a bakery, and currently she's the main one working there, making all kinds of sweet treats. My goal is to be able to put more into the business this year by making bread. I've gotten a couple breads down really well, like sandwich bread, focaccia, but I really want to branch out and do more things like sourdough and rye. So I want to eat more bread in 2022. Hi, my name is Alex and I currently live in Melbourne, Australia. In 2022, I plan to eat more of the food that I have grown myself because at the start of 2022, I am moving to 10 acres in regional Victoria and it has an orchard and strawberries and a big veggie patch. So I'm looking forward to eating what I grow. Hi, this is James from Boulder, and I resolved to eat more salty, processed foods in 2022. I was recently diagnosed with a mild case of hyponatremia from literally eating too much fresh produce, so I guess it's time to live a little and indulge a bit more. Hi, this is Amy Noel from Dayton, Ohio, and in 2022, I resolved to get to the bottom of my freezer. We have one of those deep chest freezers in our basement and I have not seen the bottom of it since we bought it over a decade ago. There are things in there that have been there so long they might as well be considered heirlooms. So those wonderful tomatoes from two years ago, they're going in a chili next year. You're my witness. Wish me luck. So, James, I'm not familiar with that condition, um, but I don't know that you need a medical diagnosis to eat more salty processed snacks. I mean, look, all things in moderation, including moderation. That's what I say. Okay, a bag of Doritos once in a while is probably good for you spiritually. Now back to the Sporkful Dating Game. Let's meet our second couple. My name is Mickey. I use he, him pronouns. I am a 28-year-old program data manager for a housing nonprofit in Seattle. Hi, my name is Will. I am 24. I work full-time as a software engineer at Google. Existing on the larger side and being gay, I've always felt undateable. The gay world centers around body image, and that's very apparent by the labels that we give each other. So in 2020, I decided to lose weight. And I've lost about 120 pounds through dieting and working out. One of my big quarantine projects has been building this big hydroponic farm 
in my really small apartment. I am what you might call a plant gay. I do like the idea that like in the apocalypse, I would be able to grow food. I think humor and an inquisitive mind are my top two characteristics in a date. Whenever I'm on a first date, I want to get into the nitty gritty of something ASAP. Like, are we living in a simulation? Controversial food opinions. I do not understand the appeal to mochi donuts. And I will not entertain a debate about this, but Filipino brunch is the best brunch ever. I think that mashed potatoes are an abomination. I think they are baby food, and I think that anybody who has adult teeth has no business eating them. I haven't been on a date since 2018, so thanks to the Sparkful for setting me up. I am excited to make Dan officiate my wedding. Will and Mickey both live in Seattle. They met for a Zoom date the week before Thanksgiving. Mickey was actually quarantining in a hotel room so he could see his family for the holiday. Okay, let's start the date. Hey, Mickey. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Um, I'm doing I'm doing well. I am. Um, I don't really. Uh... So, Will, what did you do to prepare for this date? Yeah. OK, so th- there were two things. One was this is kind of silly, but I have a, like a towel hanging from my um, my oven handle. Right. And it's like always just kind of bunched up and thrown on there. And I very specifically went and like folded it and had it hanging directly kind of up and down uh, so that it looked like my life was together because this (laughs) towel was like folded on my oven handle correctly. Right. Then the other thing was I tilted the camera specifically so that I have this ukulele hanging on the wall next to my desk. And I wanted that in frame um, because I was prepared to pull it down and serenade him. Mickey, did you by any chance notice the ukulele? I did. I wanted to ask about the ukulele, but it seemed like we had bigger topics to speak about. And did you notice the towel that was hanging on the oven handle? I didn't. And how much thought are you putting into what's in your camera shot? I actually did not think about this at all. I'm at a hotel and I did not pack anything. My comfort um, outfit is a tank and shorts. And so all I have is a jacket. And I didn't think about it. I forgot that this is a actual day and Zoom is, <laughs> you know, when I have meetings, I usually turn my camera off and I forgot that you can't do that on a date. So. <laughs> so Will is a planner. Mickey, not so much. Also, Will's 24. He's more in a post-college phase, just starting his career. Mickey's in his late 20s, so he's been working for longer now. But as the date gets going, they seem to be hitting it off. I've never, I've never been like super into makeup, but one of the things that has been, especially on Zoom, I feel like my brows show up, and so I have like a copious amount of like I've given myself a very strong brow. If you can, you know. If you could appreciate. They look really good. And actually, <laughs> um, one of the first things I notice is the brow. Oh, so. my goodness. Okay. So I'm going to show up in this first day, and I'm just going to fish for compliments the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like your brows. Mickey and Will ordered from Din Tai Fung. It's an international chain known for a type of Shaolong Bao from a region of eastern China. What did you order? I got some veggie noodles 
And also, I was like, I don't know what Sporkful's budget is, but I'd love some boba tea. Nice. Yeah, what about you? Um, I got the over the moon bundle, the savory like four pack. Mm. But I mostly was interested in the crafting kit because I'm like, what is this crafting kit? That's dope. Wait, so what? What is it? What do you craft? I don't know. Okay, you got you got an activity <laughs> item too. That's dope. Yes, <laughs> I'm definitely a big kid. Where it's like, if there's an activity with a meal, I love that. What is like a like a food like compatibility deal breaker? Smacking, like <laughs> when people smack, you know, like like that. Yeah. And that's why I'm like actually, paranoid to eat right now because I'm like I don't want you hearing this noise. <laughs> that is a thing you share with my mom. Um, it's like a great pro tip that you should compare your date to your mom on a first date, right? <laughs> um, Especially as like a gay man. <laughs> Right, right, exactly, yeah. I um, I say it only because I feel like... Are you intentionally comparing Mickey to your mom there? Is there sort of forethought in that? I think it really was just such a... I'm not strategizing with this. It's like, this is literally my mom, and so I have to tell you this. I, I, I think that after I say it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a little bit strange to compare your date to your mom. But I have a great relationship with my mom, so nothing but a compliment. So funny. Oh, okay. I, I do have a prepared question for you. Yes. What yes, do you do since you don't like mashed potatoes? What do you do for Thanksgiving? <laughs> okay, so I mean, for, before I answer, I just feel like I have to like get a read. Like, how do you feel about mashed potatoes? I feel like your answer should come first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this feels like a trap, first of all. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say it's it's very simple. Um, the the plan that I have, and I've gotten my family on board, um, there might still be a small thing of mashed potatoes there. But the thing I'm going to make is um, crispy smashed potatoes, where you, like, boil them a little bit, and then you smash them, and then you, you kind of, um, like, bake them a little bit more. Um, and they get, like, really crispy, and yet they're still, like, pretty fluffy on the inside. That's amazing. That's amazing. You have to tell me how you feel about mashed potatoes now. I love mashed potatoes. I love the <laughs> texture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of insulted you called it baby food. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is, now I just need to make it clear, Mickey, this is not a normative statement. I'm not- so like, let's say hypothetically, the two of you ended up <laughs> together for an extended period. You had to do like holidays together, Thanksgiving together. Would you give up mashed potatoes for love, Mickey? <laughs> I feel like mashed potatoes has its place and I feel like love is about compromises. So if that means not having it for Thanksgiving, I would advocate for that to be part of Christmas or some other holiday. <laughs> Will, it seems like the two of you have very different perspectives on potatoes. Is this an issue? Uh, m- maybe. It, it, it might be. <laughs> Differences on opinion on potato texture is probably a bigger, more likely to be a deal breaker than than a lot of other foodstuffs. And let's say the two of you were together for the long haul and you started celebrating like Thanksgiving together. How would you handle this potato situation? I, so I would always hope that, um, that whoever I'm close with sees the light, so to speak. That's always going to be, you know, the, the hope deep down. I, I think probably you do end up having a mashed potato dish and having some kind of crispier potato dish. As you heard, Mickey hasn't been on a date in two years, since before he lost all that weight. He told us he has trouble meeting guys in Seattle. He says people there are very body conscious, and with the pandemic, it's become nearly impossible. And as he tells Will, 
I, I don't do small talk well, so that's probably yeah. why I haven't been on a date forever. I, I'm very much in the same camp that like, I'm gonna like try to get us debating something or like try to get us like hashing something out. Are you familiar with the whole like, are we living in a simulation kind of theory? Like, is it kind of like the Truman show kind of concept thing of like- Mickey and Will spend a lot of the date debating philosophical questions. Given that we're experiencing something that looks like reality, it is more likely that we are in one of those things that has already been simulated than us being in like- They go back and forth until- So you said, I think you called it a plant gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sad that you didn't say plant daddy because I wanted plant daddy to be on this podcast. <laughs> plant daddy. Okay, for the, for the next several minutes, I'm just going to say plant daddy on repeat. So we'll have to grab some of that out of here, right? Plant daddy. Plant daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you grow cabbage. Is that what you said? Cabbage? Um, I grow a lot, a lot of lettuce, lettuce, uh, some arugula, a lot of cilantro, um, some mushrooms, actually. Wow. That's like next um, level though, because people, when they say plant daddy, it's like plants, not agriculture. The plants down below, I, they have like this automated pump that comes on and like kind of sprays water over the roots that are like kept in this separate chamber. Um, so that's like, I'm good at taking care of those, but then the uh, mushrooms are literally- It's thing. very attractive that he can grow. I can't grow anything. I kill succulents. The fact that he can take care of so many things is very attractive, um, and that he can grow his own food is attractive too. So, can Will's strong brows and impressive plants win Mickey over? Or is the mashed potato divide more than they can bridge? Before we find out, let's return to our first couple. Brian and Sloan spent about an hour talking. Let's see how their date ended. Brian, this has been really fun. No matter what happens, like, we may, like, never meet again. It's just fun to talk to someone new, you know? Yeah, you're making it sound like there's a timestamp on this. I feel like eventually I'm going to need to hang up because my computer's going to die. Because you can't plug it in. Oh, I need to go get the charger and stuff. <laughs> I can wait. But no, get, get your charge if you need to. I can wait. No, no, let me finish yeah. my... Uh... We'll, we'll hang out for a little bit. I think at that moment, I started to realize that that was the soft exit. But it would take, as the date went on, t several more times for me to get the message. It seems like you're sending some pretty clear signals that, that you're ready to wrap things up. And I'm not sure that he's hearing them. Uh, Yes. I was I was ready to wrap it up. I had finished my sushi and um he tried to ask for your number but then you were hesitant to give it. Yeah, I gave it to him. I'm not good at saying no, Dan. I'm just not. Would you want to see him again for a date? No. I'm going to be totally upfront. I fairly recently got out of a relationship and I thought that I was ready to get back into the dating scene. I had a lot of fun. By the end of it, I kind of just recognized that, like, we weren't really vibing as, like, romantically. Brian, has there been any communication between you and Sloan since the date? Yeah. Uh, I texted her two days after formally asking her, like, I'd love to take you out um, if you're down for it. She said no on account of her having just left a relationship recently and then Reiterated again, I'm a very cool guy. Uh, how did that feel? Uh, the cool guy's expected. She's not the only one to have said that, and I already believe that since 1992. The 
just out of relationship thing is understandable. I, I mean, I've had that issue in the past before. Yeah. Well, I guess we're 0 for 1. But I'm holding out some hope for Will and Mickey. Their date went for two hours. Let's join back up with them as they say their goodbyes. Well, hey, I kind of have to go to the bathroom. And it has been a hot minute, but this has been really fun. Yeah. Um, are you an Insta? I am. <laughs> Sweet, you want um, to drop your handle? I will. Can I preface that um, it's even my tagline. It's like 10% thirst pose, 20% comedy, <laughs> and like 70% sad poetry. <laughs> okay. So I will, giving you that. And... I will certainly not hold it against you. <laughs> but yeah, this was, uh, this was super weird, but also super fun. It was nice meeting you. It was nice to meet you as well. Yeah. This is fun. Um, thanks for... Thanks for being my date. Peace out, friend. See ya. Bye. Bye. So at the end of the date, Will signs off by saying, peace <sighs> out, friend. Did you hear that? What, what, what do you make of that? It kind of affirms what I was, I was feeling as well. I think we can have great conversations. I don't know. I don't know where we would be as romantic partners. Also, I think just the fact that he asked for my Instagram... <laughs> handle just shows that there is a clear distinction between how old we are. Maybe if the zombie apocalypse happens and I need someone to grow food, it's another conversation. (laughs) Oh man, I really thought this date was going well. But Mickey tells me it was missing that spark. I think Will is very charming. He's very intellectual. Um, I'm not sure if the chemistry to be a romantic partner is there. It did feel after the experience, fairly deeply connected. And it felt like, um, I, I don't know, like it felt like we had become friends. It was really fun to meet a new person. He's super pleasant. Um, nothing was super awkward. I know you said that the two of you started following each other on Instagram. Have you messaged each other? Has there been any communication? Uh, yeah, we've uh, shared a couple of like responses to one another's stories. Um, I, I think like a, an emoji here or there. Do you want to see him again? Um, that's a good question. I think, I think probably not. It does just feel like we're in, in somewhat different parts of life. Oh, well, oh for two. I blame Zoom, at least partly. I mean, I haven't been on a Zoom date, but I just have to imagine the whole thing feels weird. It's harder to make a connection. Maybe we'll do this again after the pandemic, when we can pair people up to date in person. I'm going to officiate a wedding, come hell or high water. Also, I want you to find love. It's both, really. So if you'd like to be paired up for a Sporkful dating game episode in the future, go to sporkful.com slash love. Fill out our survey, and you could find yourself going out to dinner, compliments of the Sporkful. Again, sporkful.com slash love. All right, we have reached that moment. Time for my New Year's food resolution. First, I will grade myself on last year's resolution. Last year, I resolved to eat more dobunjang, the fermented bean paste that is in Mapo tofu and many other dishes. I'm going to give myself a B plus. I never got past Mapo tofu, but I did make Andrea Wynn's recipe for Mapo tofu spaghetti. I made that sauce. In fact, that's my favorite way to have cascatelli. My pasta shape is with that sauce. And as someone who didn't grow up cooking 
traditional Asian foods at home. Cooking this style of sauce with some of these ingredients was out of my comfort zone, and I'll admit that I was a little bit intimidated by it, but Andrea writes great recipes, and it, after I did it a couple of times, it was so easy. And I was glad, you know, now now mapo tofu is the kind of thing that I can whip up on a Tuesday night in 20 minutes. And I'm glad to add that to my repertoire. But I, I needed, you know, to, to get into the A level, I would have had to have more doubanjang in more different dishes. So look, next year. But my new New Year's food resolution. Now this one, I put a lot of thought into this one. And as I record this, I remain torn. For a while, I was, I was sure that it was going to be miso. Senior producer Emma Morgenstern shared a recipe in our newsletter. That's why you should subscribe to our newsletter of like a grilled eggplant that she makes with this like sesame miso glaze. And I decided to try to make it. I'd never bought or cooked with miso before. And I, you know, sampled a little bit right out of the bag when I bought it. I was like, oh my God, I never had uncut miso. It's incredible. Um, I had a butterscotch miso sauce on a piece of apple pie that I ate at a restaurant once that blew my mind that still haunts me. So I thought I need to, you know, do more stuff with miso. But then friend of the show, Sola L. Whaley, she shared something on Instagram that her and her husband were having like, I think she described like his and hers yogurt dishes for lunch. And they were savory yogurts with a lot of stuff mixed in, zaatar and nuts. I don't remember exactly what it was. Each each one of them was doing something different. And they're both chefs, so they're always doing interesting stuff. Anyway, that just made me, you know, like Janie had some plain yogurt in the fridge, not sweetened, and I had snacked on it. And just like the, I mean, just all the notes, the sourness was so delicious to me. And I was like, yeah, I should be eating more yogurt, like with cool stuff, all different things mixed in. So what should it be? Miso or yogurt? Miso or yogurt? I think I'm just going to decide based on what I happen to be more in the mood for right this minute. Here we go. My New Year's food resolution for 2022 is... I resolve to eat more yogurt. I'm just in the mood for yogurt right now. But I want I want like savory yogurt dishes and hearty yogurt dishes. Like I want I want to have yogurt for lunch with a bunch of flavors and textures mixed in. So I would love to hear your suggestions because this is like a whole new world to me. So if you have stuff you love to throw in yogurt to make it a a hearty flavorful meal, I want to know about it. Drop me a line at hello at sporkful.com and I know that a lot of people eat a lot of yogurt in a lot of different ways and I just feel like I want to be part of that party. That's it. Yogurt. Well, thank you again so much for listening to our show and supporting what we do here on The Sporkful all year. Thank you for your enthusiasm for the pasta shape. Thank you to everyone who works on The Sporkful and makes it so successful. I appreciate all of you, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. We'll be back with a brand new show on January 3rd. In the meantime, subscribe to our newsletter at sporkful.com newsletter. This show is produced by me along with senior producer Emma Morgenstern and producer Andres O'Hara. Additional production by Corinne Wallace. Our editor is Tracy Samuelson. The show is mixed by Jared O'Connell. Music help from Black Label Music. The Sporkful is a production of Stitcher. Our executive producers are Peter Clowney and Daisy Rosario. Until next time, I'm Dan Pashman. And I'm Stephanie in Cincinnati, Ohio, reminding you to eat more, eat better, and eat more better. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.